We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, it's Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow. We're coming to you late Friday night, early Saturday morning, depending on where you are. The Mavericks just lost their third straight home playoff game to allow the Clippers to tie the series up at three apiece. Uh, they lost 104 to 97 for anybody who didn't catch the game, though anybody who uh, didn't catch the game probably isn't even listening to this podcast. Um, Josh, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm in a weird mood. Because I think I said pregame, I said I've kind of made my peace with the Mavericks potentially losing this game because for whatever reason, they're, they've been a bad home team for about two years now, and they've been a decidedly different and better team on the road. So to open up what I imagine will be a very dreary podcast, uh, I think I said before the game started, uh, I've made my peace with them losing this game because they will win game seven. So I'll, I'll get that out there on the record so that everyone can, can, cannot hate us so much because I imagine the, the, the podcast is going downhill from that, from, the, yeah, from there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a very frustrating game. Um, just as, as kind of a quick recap, like the Mavs played very well in the first quarter, but the Clippers are very good. And, you know, Dallas had a, a, you know, a two point lead that it should have been extended, but the refs, which I don't know how much I want to talk about, but it was just a very physical game. And the refs took away a shot that Luca made after they called it after the shot clock when it really should have been a shooting foul. Like it was just really. And, and so from there, it just kind of went downhill. Um, the Mavericks only scored 17 points in the second quarter and then uh, only 20 points in the fourth quarter. And so their, their offense really dried up. Um, in no small part because the Clippers played some really astounding defense uh, led by Kawhi Leonard, who poured in 45 points. Uh, the Clippers just really torched the Mavericks in a lot of different ways while really not playing all that well. Um, they shot under 30% for, I want to say the third time in the series where they've just from really three. shot from three. Yeah. Sorry. 
uh, while having a lot of turnovers. Um, not, eh, I mean, it feels like a lot of turnovers. Whereas the the Mavericks, um, I don't know how critical I want to get here, uh, and and maybe we should just just kind of dive right in. And, and so basically, the game. Had a lot of runs, a lot of lead changes, a lot of ties, and the Clippers, uh, just frankly, it was 85-84, and the Clippers uh, just took control and, and never Kawhi looked back. Kawhi took control. <laughs> Kawhi took control, yeah, yeah, and and really, just they just didn't look back. Um, it was it was just a, a strange game from from the Mavericks, and I don't know how I don't know how to talk about this because I think that depending on what you were looking at and depending, you know, it almost takes a second view to sort of figure out what was going on because Kawhi really he guarded Luca a lot of the game and the refs were not willing to give any sort of drive body contact. Luca had just two free throws off of drives the entire game, which makes five in the last two games. Um, and they're just not calling these things for him. There's there's no other way to to look at that. And why or whether or not they're called, I I don't really want to get into that, but it changes a little bit of what Dallas does because Lucas started having to look for shooters, and the Mavericks shot just 11 of 34 from three. And that, you know, as we have seen throughout the year, when they shoot anything below 35%, it's extremely difficult for them to win. Yeah. And really outside, you know, there's two things. If you, you know, it's obviously somewhat more complicated than that, but as me and you both say, basketball is a lot simpler of a sport than, than I think we give it credit for. Uh, if we really want to boil it down to two things, you know, Kawhi had 45 points on 18 to 25 shooting. Um, he basically made every single big shot in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah. offensively, he carried the team down the stretch like the Clippers haven't really had that yet. Uh, I think mm-hmm. every close game, the Clippers' offense in the fourth quarter has looked really bad because they have struggled with getting their offense in good situations because they don't really have a point guard. You know, yeah. they just they got a bunch of good wings uh, and they've got some shoot-first point guards, but they don't really have like a true setup guy. So right. the answer to that was Kawhi just holding the ball at the top of the key and dribbling into jumpers, and he made them. Uh, and then the other point, is uh third quarter where the Mavericks looked like they were going to blow this game away. Uh Dorian Finney-Smith made all three of his shots. They were all three three-pointers, nine points in the third quarter. Tim Hardaway Jr. went three of five in the third quarter. He scored seven points. Um, in the fourth quarter, Dorian Finney-Smith missed his only shot, zero points. Tim Hardaway Jr., two of eight, one of five from three, six points. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's, that's the game, like – the Mavericks live and die by how much extra, per, how much production they can squeeze out of their limited role players. And that's not an insult when I say they're limited role players. Like it's just, that's mm-hmm. just how it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is the second game where Luca wasn't an all world destroyer, uh, you know, living God on the court. And it's also the second game the Mavericks lost uh, and they've lost what three games in this series. Yeah. So, uh, or what, how many games? I'm sorry. I'm probably saying that. Yeah. But like if the Mavericks, the Mavericks can't like, this is a very similar game to the last game in terms of the box score in terms of how other guys played. It's just Luca wasn't, didn't put on one of the most historic 
playoff performances in NBA history. Uh, it's frightening to look at some of these shooting numbers and like Tim Hardaway Jr. for as incredible as he was through three quarters, he ended up nine. He still needed 19 shots to get about 23 points, four of 11 from three. Uh, Dorian, three of eight, 11 points. Boban had 13 shots. He only made five of them. And when you consider uh, what, what kind of shots Boban is taking, that's alarming. Uh, another game where Christoph Porzingis is just not not present offensively, whether by well, design or him. Like they just this was this is what happened last game, and Luca bailed them out, and then Luca didn't have it, and they lost. So it it feels real dumb to just be like, hey, role players make make your shots and you win. You don't, and then they lose. But I feel like that's that's the trend of this series. Am I am I yeah. wrong? Well. I mean, let's just kind of go through them because if we accept that that Luca had a subpar game, uh, while also not, while also frankly just being played really well, the Clippers did yeah. a great job getting the ball out of his hands. I listened to podcasts for a day and a half about how Luca plays at his own speed. He did not in that game. The Clippers really messed with them, um, and so if we understand that and then we kind of move through the rest of the roster, I'm just going to go person by person. And I think we should sort of talk about it a little bit. Dorian Faye-Smith played 42 minutes, 11 points, seven rebounds, four assists, two steals, and and one of the crucial stats for me, three turnovers. Um, Dorian is playing way above his depth and he has been for a while. And the Mavericks ask a lot of him. Sometimes I think too much of him. I thought this was one, you know, until he made, he finally made some shots in the third quarter that helped. But for a large part of this game, he was nothing short of terrible. And the plus minus will tell you that, okay, you know, it's his first real negative plus minus of, of, of the game, but he plays almost all of his minutes with Luca. And so when, you know, it, it just, he goes as Luca goes, but I, I was very disappointed in him. Um, he if the Clippers are running him off the three-point line because he is afraid to take the shot, they've won that possession. He he made some horrendous decisions off the dribble. Um, three turnovers for a guy who doesn't have the ball much is hard to do, and it was a low possession game. And you know, he did play some good defense, made some very like he made up for it in very interesting ways. But I, I just couldn't believe the Dallas use of him. I mean, when, when Luca was getting trapped there in the third and fourth quarters, they had Dorian as the screener, which meant Dorian would get the ball out of a double. And I don't want Dorian making those decisions. Do you? <laughs> no, and I will devil's advocate you that Dorian okay. has actually been a pretty productive role man in the, in the sure. second role this year. Okay. And they're screening because the Clippers are putting their least – uh, they're putting the guy, their worst defender on Dorian a lot of the time. So they're trying to get that switch, but you're right. The Clippers will always take him getting the ball and having to make a decision in space. The difference I think was one, he misses shots and two, sometimes he just, he sets a screen for Luca and he gets like a pretty, pretty in rhythm pick and pop three. And I think mm -hmm. the Clippers did a good job of at least making him take yes. that one dribble. Clippers that, were really outstanding on challenging shots that look like they were there and then just yes, weren't. Yes. Um, that that can't be un, that cannot be properly stated unless you're really diving into like the slow motion stuff. Like Paul George and Kawhi are just great at flashing, long and lengthy. But I guess my point is, and this is where it's like I'm I'm really finding it difficult to figure out how critical to be because 
I don't know if it's fair that Dorian should be put in those positions. It, it's it goes back right. to our two or three year conversation of if they're relying on Dorian key moments, that is wild. Um, you know, every team has its special heroes and things like that, but it's just. And we're going to get to some of the other guys. Like, let's just move right along to Tim Hardaway Jr., who scored 23 points on 19 shots and had one rebound and no other stats. Um, (laughs) Tim was just not very good. Uh, He was a hustle guy. He was all over the floor, but his impact beyond some points wasn't really felt. Um, But that's also not what they pay him to do. He needs to hit more open shots. Um, He had a lot of open shots that didn't go down. This was the first game where I was like, okay, Tim, open shots just, you know, in in other games, he's had a lot of tightly contested shots. I thought he freed himself up very well, but four four of 11 from three is is just not going to cut it in this series from him. He was was one of five in the fourth quarter from three, uh, and I swear he had, what, two, I think, that were – like what like two wide open corner shots uh in the fourth quarter that he missed which you know you just, like I, what are you supposed to say other than he has to make them and he's made them before and the Mavericks win games when he does that and he's made a lot of them and they've you know he's he is the guy like uh, he is their secondary point guy uh in terms of getting buckets and, and trying to break what the clippers do and i was actually kind of shocked that the clippers let him get loose a little bit. I know you might disagree with me a little, a little bit. Cause I think, you know, they had Paul George on him for most of the game. And I think Kawhi was on, on Luca, which I think is really smart by the Clippers. Like, it's just like, let's, let's stop beating around the bush. Let's put our two best defenders on their two most dangerous uh, offensive players. And I, you know, I think that really muddled things up in this game a lot. Cause I think it feels like this was the most Kawhi was on Luca and, and George was on, on Tim for an entire game. Like they kind of dabbled with it in stretches, but I feel like mm-hmm. this was, they're like, okay, uh, we can't keep letting this happen. But uh, you know, when Luca would have to make passes out of doubles or traps or even not even like a trap, just a hard show, but by, by the, the secondary defender, uh, Tim had some, some space to work with. And to his credit, like he got to the basket handful of times he had a really good and one there in the third quarter where he had a really good stretch where he was scoring the ball well and then it's a shame because it you know one of five from three in the fourth quarter and that's that's the game like it erased all anything he any goodwill he had through three quarters helping the team win I mean when you when you go one of five from from three in the fourth when when Luca is basically gasping for for air in terms of space uh and he can't score and he can't get to the rim. Like that, that's kind of the game. Uh, Uh uh And then Dorian made three shots and all three of them were in the third quarter. So from the first, second and fourth quarters, he was over. So, yep. Yep. And those are two guys they rely on to make shots a lot. Yeah. And then the next guy, just, I'm just, I'm literally going down to box score. This isn't (laughs) by importance or anything like that. Boban Marjanovic played 17 minutes, had 12 points and nine rebounds. He also shot the ball 13 times, which, that is a win for the Clippers. Um, mm-hmm. I he you know Boban's probably kicking himself because he missed a lot of bunnies, uh, and and he's kind of another person who I thought really got hurt by some just poor officiating and then some non calls. But that is what it is, and he he just he wasn't it. I mean he he also like murdered Kawhi a couple of times that didn't get called. <laughs> um, it, it was just but it's a. Like the, the challenge here is that if Boban is playing, I, I just have to think the Clippers at 
you know, he was a plus five in his minutes, but it, it mm, I just, I don't feel great about that. Like the zone defense was really interesting for the Mavericks and like, like Porzingis, who we'll talk about right after this was actually kind of very interesting as a backside helper there because Boban's just so big, but Boban didn't really like the Mavericks still gave up weird offensive rebounds when you have two huge guys in there. And like, if that's the point, like, like that's just not going to cut it. And I, I don't know what else Rick can do. I bet Boban plays again in game seven, but I just, I found myself on these Boban minutes tonight kind of extremely underwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, if, if Boban is taking 13 shots, I mean that those are shots that aren't going to Luca that aren't going to Tim uh, that aren't going to Kristaps. Like that, like you said, that is a win despite the fact that he was plus five. And despite the fact that in the second half, he had a nice little run uh, where it's pretty obvious that Boban is like the best screen Mm-hmm. screen setter outside of Dwight Powell on the team. And when you wonder why maybe the KP Luca pick and rolls don't work as well right. as you think they should, or why they don't go in all the time, even though I know there is the number about like Luca passing to KP is one of the best uh, duos in terms of points per possession. But like, you know, Boban, you, <laughs> there's no slipping with the Boban screen. He gets, he gets all of it. Uh, but also, you know, what's really interesting. I thought this game, you know, the Clippers still scored 104 points. Their offense was not great. Uh, and I think, like, I'm still, bef- like, stunned that Boban is making an impact, it seems like, on that end of the floor because we've both been watching him for a couple years now and he's just a horrible rim defender because he just has yep. cement feet because yep. he's a large man. And I think you made the point about just how much length there is with Kristaps uh, flanking him. Like, even if they're not moving their feet well, I mean, yeah. it's just a matter of just – you add up the weight and and the length and the wingspan. And it's like, even if they're not moving their feet, well, it's just a lot. Like there's just a lot of arms and a lot of beef near the rim. And I think it's doing a pretty decent job at getting the Clippers off their game a little bit. Uh, and I think it's the reason why Boban hasn't necessarily been torched alive in the pick and roll. I think it's why Przingis had a pretty good, uh, help side defensive game. He had three steals and I feel like a ton of them were guys getting met in the lane by Boban and then trying to pass out to the corner and Kristaps being there. And that's, you know, that's seven, three, seven, three, they extend their arms horizontally across the court. You're covering a lot of ground, even if you're not moving your feet. So that's been like a really interesting development, but like you said, it's, it, I don't know if it's enough. The Mavericks lost the rebounding battle uh, by two, Boban had four offensive rebounds. I think three of them were Lots on that of those one, were just like tips, like slot fight stuff. Yeah. Dude, the Mavs had eight off. Like if you say, so if you take away the four, those four Boban offensive rebounds, the Mavs had four offensive rebounds total. Yeah. And if you're playing like that's, that's an under part of developed part of this last couple of games, the Mavericks are still getting beat on the boards, despite the fact that they have not conceded to the Clippers small ball. They're still not playing Dorian at the four. They are still not trying to – they've basically still been playing two bigs at the same time. Even when Boban goes out, it's KP and Maxi, or it's Maxi and Powell, or it's Powell and KP, or it's KP and Will- – like they're playing two bigs the majority of the game, and they're – like they should be crushing this team on the boards. Yeah. And it should be a way for them to generate some easy offense. It should be a way for some of these other guys besides Luka to get into the game offensively. Uh, and it's it's not happening. Kristaps had one offensive rebound, and we've known. Yeah, I mean the Clippers did a good. This this goes back to their defense yeah. being good though, because yeah. I mean, it, like I'm gonna go look at the Clipper offense. Is their rebound. defense being good though? Does that have to deal with the Mavericks taking advantage of their size on the offensive boards? 
But if if you're getting all these shots, and like I didn't feel like there was a ton of long rebounds on the threes because yeah. the Mavericks shot a lot of threes. You know, just it looked like there's kind of four guys gang rebounding. Um, I mean, the Clippers had eight offensive boards, I think. No, they only had six. So Dallas did a pretty good job on that end themselves. Um, yeah. You'd think that with some of the games we've seen this year that they got ran <laughs> off the floor. So I'm not – I just I don't know how to feel about that particular stat. But this is, is something that I, I do think is worth pivoting then directly to Porzingis, who <sighs> – I mean, everybody knows my track record here. Like, I don't really like the guy's play. I don't like his style. I don't – I thought he did okay with what they asked him to do. I mean, his stat line's kind of wild. Seven points, five boards, three assists, three steals, one block. He had a pair of turnovers, which I honestly don't remember what those were. Um, but it, it's it was the sort of just – it's hard for me to be critical because I, I thought his off-ball movement was much better tonight than it was in the previous game. Um, just some dives and things of that nature that I felt were really, it, even on ones where he wasn't necessarily rewarded, but just some good stuff. Um, but I, I'm, I'm talking to some people online right now who I'm just really confused. Where they're sitting here asking, okay, well, why isn't you know KP setting the screen and diving? Why isn't KP setting the screen and, and popping at the top of the key? And it, the answer to this is because He's not the he's not a great decision maker. He he he's got weak hands at the rim. And then on threes, they're recovering so quickly on those hedges where Luca's double team that yep. you, know, you you want to have Maxi there. So or not Maxi, uh Dorian or someone, another person, because Porzingis is is it's just putting him in an unfair situation. I just don't know how else they could use him. They gave him one post-up feed on Kawhi, and it was I mean, it didn't go in. It wasn't the worst shot in the world, but it was indicative of just, you know, he's scoring on like less than a half point per possession on post-up in the series. Like he's not hit anything. So I just don't know how they could use him differently. Do you? No. And to his credit, I mean, these last two games, I think he's been anywhere from average to plus on the defensive end. Um, he is not. And I, you know, it helps having Bourbon. So he's, he hasn't always been the primary rim protector, and it's he's been using his length to clog up the weak side passing lane. Like, again, he had three steals, and I feel like almost all of them were him not being the rim protector but being the weak side behind the rim protector and kind of snap, using his arms and length to snag some some uh, cross-court passes or passes to the corner. Uh, and that's good. Like, he was involved there. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think all of his – you know, he had one three, and then his other two buckets were, I believe, dunks off cuts – uh there is there is something to his off-ball movement and the Mavericks for whatever reason just do not find him uh there was a really egregious instance where I can't remember if it was the third quarter the fourth quarter where Brunson well uh, ended up with the ball after Luca kind of got doubled or got trapped and he had to give the ball up it got went to Brunson and and all it took was one more pass to the corner and KP is wide open three and Brunson kind of went one on three and missed a shot uh, I mean, it, it, that's a great segue to talk. Like, I don't want to talk about these players specifically just yet because I just really want to keep going line by line. But the lack of passing that comes from other Mavericks, like Luca gets a lot of shit for this. But watch, like, Boban missed KP three times in the first six minutes where, you know, like Boban, who's such apparently such a good passer, couldn't see Porzingis by himself with no one within 15 feet. Uh, Brunson is, is a, I am tired of watching Brunson play basketball in this series is what I'm going to say. And we'll talk a little bit more about him in a second, but 
he just I don't understand why like him and Richardson won't pass to KP. Like there's all this dynamic about Luca when it's really other guys. And that's very frustrating for me. Yeah. And that makes it to where like when they miss him, it's like the lost opportunities because when they don't miss him, he is a ghost Mm -hmm. offensively sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's obviously part of his scheme, but we've seen him cut and we've seen him move. And he, when he doesn't do it, people want to tell me that it's like he's going to get fined if he steps inside the three point line Mm -hmm. uh, or if he sets a screen when he's not, you know, not necessarily told to, or like what's stopping him from, you know, someone, I think I kind of got into a back and forth with someone about like his offensive rebounds. And he's like, well, he's, if he's at the three point line, he can't really offensive rebound a lot. And like, yeah, I get it, but he could still like, I'm not talking every possession, but he just, there's it's taking a, three steps in. Like yeah. there was the one where Bobon was getting like had a couple of those tip plays. My wife was yelling at the TV and asking him to crash the boards, and she's right. And instead, he just stood there and watched. And you know, if we're going to use him as a decoy or as like a Clay Thompson type shooting guard, one thing he also needs to get a little bit better at is not just being quite like he's very. This is a minor criticism because in the big picture, it just doesn't matter. But like lots of shooters with when Luca is is driving will slide up to get better passes because it like the angle is better for the passer and KP just stands in the corner. He just stands like he literally stands. If you watch him on three, he does not even move an inch. It's like, he's standing there like he's a statue and he's gotta be, he's gotta move and slide into shooting windows a little more. And I think if, you know, if he stays with the team, that's something that they work on with. Cause that's something he can do. I don't think he'll ever be able to set a screen to save his life, but I do think that he can get in better shooting position. Um, but, but, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and then let's be real. I'm sh- the Mavericks have this data as good as his shooting numbers were in the regular season. I've been talking mm-hmm. about it all season. He cannot get to the free throw line. He had yeah. the lowest free throw rate of his career and his offense is particularly all jumpers. Uh, if you can, I mean, I can probably dig this up, but like if you're listening and you, you know how to use the NBA stats site, you can go to Kristaps profile and it tells you how many types of shots he's taking. And it will tell you how many jumpers he's taking, how many layups he has. It is wild. It is almost his offense is literally all jumper. He cannot create, you know, I think the thing in the regular season that frustrated us was despite the fact that he had his uh, some career highs in shooting. A lot of that was because he was just getting set up really well yep. and moving without the ball and doing all Capitalizing. that stuff, which is right. great. Yeah, which is great. That's what you but, want. Yeah, but also like the part of his game where you give him the ball and he does something for you that that waved bye bye after the mm-hmm. bubble like that. Yep. That's not happening, and I think the Mavericks and you know, the coaching staff realizes that. So if you're yep. screaming like, ah, oh, just give him KP the ball, like I, I don't know if that's going to turn out to be better for you instead of kind of doing trying to get these guys open shots because like let's i mean the Mavs had open shots and they missed them uh and if if tim hardaway jr makes two more threes or a couple more threes in the fourth quarter and so does dorian finney smith like make their open shots they win like this is basically what happened last game they made the those guys made the shots at the end of the game and no one was really i mean i know we were the kp discussion still happened but like this was almost the exact same kp game as the last game sure the Mavericks won, but so. I thought his I thought his defense was I think he's he's a little more bouncy. I just yeah I don't know how to put my finger on it because I don't have the tape in front of me. But I felt he did some better things, and and I want to make a point to say that because I just I kill the man for this, and he he was yeah. a little better. Yeah, defensively um, he's been pretty good the last yeah. two games. No, nothing to really complain about. 
compared so to games to, uh, three and four. It's the night and day difference. Moving on to the bench, guys, and we'll be brief because we got to get out of here. Um, Maxi Kleba is is has become flat out unplayable. He has made one shot in the last three games. He's uh, done. he's he's done. Um, <laughs> Uh, anybody that's that's clamoring for him he cannot pass up the open looks he's getting he is terrified of taking shots and he's also not good on defense you cannot have both if his achilles is hurting him on the defensive stuff i get it but you cannot be a non-contributing zero Uh, it's it's 21 useless minutes he was negative 13 in 21 minutes that's ball game i you know i know single like game plus minus is not a thing because he was out there during a lot of the Kawhi minutes, but I, he was bad, and and he has been bad, and it's very disappointing. It's yeah, the second and- straight playoffs he's been fucking terrible. <laughs> and he and the thing about him is he, if he's not making shots, like he has to make spot up shots. Like at mm-hmm. least with Dorian, uh, he Dorian will crash the offensive boards more. Dorian will move the ball a little bit. He won't hold on to the ball. Uh, Dorian will typically make pretty decisive reads. Uh, he didn't do that tonight, I don't think, which is why he had the three turnovers. But like that's like there's a difference between them two, even though they both are mostly spot up standstill guys. Like Maxi is somehow even more limited uh, than these other guys in terms of what he can do uh, outside of taking spot up jumpers. Um, he's mm-hmm. not screening and diving. He's you know which he, we saw a little bit in the bubble last year after Powell went. His off the dribble decision making is terrible. Yeah, terrible. You're right. He had one three point shot. Uh, yeah, and then so again, he shot or, three twos, missed all of them, and all of them were awful. Now, one yeah. of them was Brunson's fault because Brunson kicked it to him with two seconds on the clock. Yeah, um, but he he had like Luca had floated one to him in the corner, and he for no reason took a long two, and and I I just I don't know I I'm not I mean, even the commentary about. team talked about it. Like Kleba passed up a couple of mm-hmm. at least one good three uh yeah. attempt in the fourth and the Mavericks offense didn't do anything. Like yeah, yeah. He yeah. he can't be on the floor and like the he was, over, like, that he stayed out there was what shocked me. Like Carl kept putting yeah. back out there and I don't know who else he could have played. But yeah. the offer is bad, but the the number that's telltale is the one three point attempt. Like he can't he can't play twenty one minutes and shoot mm-hmm. one three. Like that's that's bad like he can't be on the floor if that's what it is like that that part disappoints me way more than the fact that he actually scored zero points like if he took like four or five six threes i'd be like well you know it wasn't for him but he didn't even take those like who knows what his night would have been like if he didn't pass up so many shots so that's the part that troubles me and why he can't be on the floor powell had a game where he just wasn't like that's he didn't play yeah, he played seven minutes, and in those seven minutes, he didn't do anything, and mm-hmm. and that is what it is. Willie Cauley-Stein played 19 minutes, had you know pretty bad plus minus, but I felt was at least something. Um, some it was interesting, is is what I'll say. I, I don't know what <laughs> you had that really else. nice pass to KP for that was the really run, cool. Which was funny. That was, like that's like Willie's like dream being able to throw a dish like that. Um, and then I'm going to skip Brunson because he'll probably be the person we talk about longest. Richardson was in the game. Uh, he played nine minutes, somehow took four shots, which is pretty remarkable. Um, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't good either. He dribbled right into Kawhi for a turnover at one point that had me wanting to just throw the remote at the TV. And it's that sort of decision making. I've had problems with him all year long, but it's not like it's not like that one play lost the game. It's just he's not he's just a remarkably limited basketball player. Yeah, I don't know what else to really say. You only played nine minutes, and I think 
when he's in the game in the playoffs, you can really tell the offense just chugs. Well, uh, well, and that that's yeah. an easy pivot to the last guy <laughs> because they they won the first batch of non Luca minutes. Uh, they did in the second quarter, and it was really surprising. I can't believe um, that this makes me even more mad that they lost this game. Yes. I can't believe they did that. Well, but then the in the fourth quarter, they <laughs> utterly horrendously lost. Like that, they they went down. Like they lost the game by seven point or by seven points. They lost the first two minutes of the fourth quarter by six points because hmm. Brunson and um, Brunson and Richardson were shit. And Brunson is a scoring guard who has been asked to run the offense. And he had three assists, and no, he didn't. He had zero assists tonight. He rebounded the ball well. He shot eight times in 15 minutes. He only hit three of them. He missed two free throws, um, which is is really frustrating um, and, and kind of was foreboding, to be quite honest. And this, I got crushed for this early in the year. This is the sort of play why I'm just like, I don't, he's, he's not a point guard they have to stop giving him point guard duties because if this if the first read is not there, he dribbles for for like he's JJ Barea. Only he he, it's not it doesn't work. It just doesn't work tomorrow. Well, JJ go, had vision. <laughs> go look at all his shots tomorrow when it posts on NBA.com. He missed some some shots that he could make a, but then he took some shots he shouldn't. He missed open shooters on drives to shoot himself repeatedly. So, you know, some shots just aren't going to go down, but he was kind of synonymous. Him, Boban, Dorian were synonymous with wasted possessions because the team as a whole tonight shot 42% from the floor, lots and lots of wasted possessions. And it's, it's where we've come back to for a year where Luca is going to be able to will them to a lot of wins, but at a certain point you need other guys to step up and outside of games one and two, when the whole team shot just a bananas percentage, they haven't been able to do it. And the shot profile, you know, Kevin Pelton, there's some one of the Kevins at ESPN had a post up about this today, where the Mavericks have kind of just gotten the same looks all series long, only they're not hitting them anymore. And I, I don't, I don't want to hang this on Brunson. Brunson is just emblematic of the concept that the Mavs have of, well, this is good enough. And when playoff basketball slows down, we've seen that unless Luca is playing out of his mind, it's not enough. Yeah, you're right. Um, Brunson's averaging 17 minutes a game in the playoffs. He's got one and a half assists in those 17 and a half minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, That's really bad for, for your backup point guard. Yeah. 15 minutes tonight, zero assists. Uh, and two turnovers. Like Really bad. Like he, yeah. Luke, Luke Kennard <laughs> stole the ball from him. And and I, I just – this game is going to haunt me, I think, in a real way because the Clippers really had it up. You know, Kawhi obviously played out of his mind, and the, the Mavericks defense should have done something different in the fourth, and Luka kind of alluded to that. But it, it, it is what it is. When a great player is hitting great shots, that that's that's something. But the Mavericks had opportunities to take this and go with it, and they just didn't. They just didn't. The Clippers made a lot of – dumb plays tonight mm-hmm. i just want to get that out there i know we're yeah. killing the mavs for a lot of missed opportunities but i'm talking kirk i'm talking how many turnovers did the clippers have tonight where they literally just gave the ball to the mavericks not yeah, like that inbounds did. one was nuts yeah. 
And then and Paul the George just didn't, to didn't capitalize. Yeah. I mean, where's that? Let me see the team stats here if I can find that. Or they're they doing a pick and roll, and like there was that one where they're doing a pick and roll. They got the ball to Luca's hands, and they left Luca wide open at the top of the key, and he made that three in the fourth yeah. quarter because Reggie Jackson just fell asleep. Yep. Like this Clippers team is not strong mentally. Uh, yeah. Like say Kawhi obviously is a different story because uh, he can he can turn it on in a Terminator mode, but like the rest of this team. It, I don't fear them. Like they, they just don't seem like they have. This is real, like cliche talk, and not you know based in any kind of analytical numbers or anything. But they just don't look ready for the moment. In certain ways, you could probably say about the Mavericks role players too. But like, there's just a way they play that does. There's a, there's a lack of urgency. Like say what you will about the Mavericks, but it looks like they've got their pants on fire a lot of the time. Uh, which I mean, maybe sometimes it's bad, but like the Clippers, just this kind of laissez-faire, just kind of like walking up the ball. They walk the ball up the court. They don't really run an offense because they don't really have a point guard. And it's like they get into these situations where they just look horrible. And the Mavericks punish them and go on like a, 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 an eleven zero run or something. They get like a five or seven point lead, and then they kind of spit it up back up. And that's yeah. what makes me feel like really disappointed in this game despite the fact that i kind of saw it coming is just the clippers gave this the mavericks plenty of chances to not only win this game but to make it like not close like the mavericks had multiple seven point leads i think and they got a nine point lead at one point yeah Yeah. um and like kirk we talk about the mavericks not producing around their star look at the clippers box score yeah uh Kawhi 45 reggie jackson 25 paul george 20 and then the rest of the team combined for 14 points. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Feels like it's it slipped, slipped through your fingers. Uh, is there anything you want to say? Because I got one more thing I want to say before we go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Luke is going to take some heat. He'll be fine. He'll deal with it. Um, this was, you know, the this was just the, the overarching thing of they did enough to get the ball out of Luca's hands. <laughs> And then Luca, I mean, he didn't even like, I think he kind of, he went out of his way to go like, cause he felt he shot too many times. He went out of his way to not shoot tonight sometimes. And I don't know whether that's because he was concerned about getting everybody involved or if it was because he was, he was simply weary of just not getting calls. Like he, this was the first game where I, I thought eh, it's the first game, but it's like that. It continued the whole game where I just, I, he, he's got to get more calls than this as a superstar. So yeah, and in the fourth quarter, did Luca make most of his layups in garbage time? Because I'm looking at his fourth yes. quarter shot chart. Okay, well, he was three of three uh, at the restricted area in right, the fourth quarter, that, and I'm going to guess that was all. Yeah, yeah, okay. So he didn't get to the rim at all in the fourth quarter until the game was out of reach, and that plays into it. Uh, okay, before we got to go, because I know we're running out of time, um, the number, the I've, I think I said this last podcast, but – the number to watch in this series is how many minutes does Avitza Zubak play? Um, because when he doesn't play a lot, the Clippers win. When he plays yeah, about 20 minutes, minutes they yeah. lose. Yeah, he played five minutes. The Clippers made the adjustment he had. they had to make. He cannot play. And I believe he played all of his minutes when Luka was not on the floor. And it was literally Luka checking in, Zubak checking immediately out. And I think that's what they have to do. Um and that that is the one thing that will scare me in a game seven is that when you think about when the Mavericks have made all of these huge runs to win them the games that they have won in this series, 
the common denominator has been Zubak on the floor. So if the Clippers, if he plays another five minutes in game seven, that that is the thing that kind of scares me. As silly as that might sound, uh, the Mavericks have to find a way to attack the small ball lineup consistently because I still think since the Clippers made that switch in game three, uh, they've they've mostly outplayed the Mavericks. So they need they still haven't figured that out. The Boban has helped a little bit, but it hasn't helped enough, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we talked longer than we th- I thought we would, yeah, but sorry. you know, I, I think no, it's good because this was not there's there's not a lot of yelling, kicking, and screaming. I don't know what to write about the series anymore. I don't know what to think about this series anymore. <laughs> first I time, mean, first time ever, the road team has won every game. Every game, games, so. so wild. <laughs> Well, we'll be back Sunday at some point. I don't know when. The game is like 3.30 in the afternoon. It's prime time on ABC. Luka tends to play well on ABC, but, you know, I don't know. They, Matt Moore. But they, but they play bad on Sundays. <sighs> they do. They and, do. Kirk, uh, one more quick fact before we got less than five minutes, but the Mavericks have lost every game this series uh, that has been less than two days of rest. Yeah. So that's another thing to watch for. Well, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. Appreciate everybody's support, hanging out, et cetera. Um, we will talk to you guys on Sunday.